Welcome, welcome. Are you ready to stand up and fight back? Thank you for joining us on this episode of Outspoken. I am Joy Silver. Our podcast today is presented by Harcourt's Desert Homes in Palm Springs. You're just minutes away from learning why Scott Palermo, James Sanek, and their team of real estate professionals are your best solution for buying or selling a home in the Coachella Valley. And you'll find them online at harcourtsdeserthomes.com. Today, our discussion is about gaslighting, personal, political, racial, and institutional. And we have with us Dr. Robin Stern. She is the co-founder and associate director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, a psychoanalyst in private practice, and the author of The Gaslight Effect, How to Spot and Survive the Hidden Manipulation Others Use to Control Your Life. Welcome, Dr. Stern, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for elevating the topic of gaslighting. It's certainly become much more popular in these uh, in this climate and in these last number of years. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Well, thank you. Well, tell our, tell our listeners what is gaslighting and where does that phrase come from? Thank you for asking. Um, so gaslighting is a form of manipulation that seeks to sow seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or even in members of a group. And the goal of the sowing seeds of doubt, if you will, is to help, is to destabilize the target and lead them to, to second guess their own memory, perception, and sometimes even sanity. So basically, it takes the ground out from underneath you. You end up questioning your perception, sometimes even your sanity, as I said. And it, it, to put even more simply, it's when someone tries to drive you crazy <laughs> using their reality in, uh, in opposition to yours and asserting that theirs is right, and you step into that and allow it to happen because you want to keep the relationship. That's um, one more thing about gaslighting is that it occurs most frequently with a power dynamic where the person who's a gaslighter is the person who you've either given over power to or, in fact, they have some power over you, like your boss or a relationship where you idealize um, and have already given over your power, sometimes with parents and children. And it happens over time. So a gaslighting relationship is not the same thing as a gaslighting moment or somebody's attempt to gaslight you in a moment. Hmm. So th that's a very interesting thing. I mean, does um, the, the whole term gaslight, does that not come from the 1944 film Gaslight? Isn't that where we kind of got that popular uh, phrase to use for this kind of action? It absolutely is. So for, just for the listeners, um, for our audience today, the 1944 movie called Gaslight shows us a diabolical husband, diabolical character, who was trying to drive his wife crazy um, or lead her to believe she was in fact crazy so that in that case he could steal the jewels that he knew were hidden in her, her attic. Now, most gaslighters are not that necessarily um, 
uh, sinister in their action. He had, in fact, the audience watching the Gaslight movie knows that that character had committed a murder many years before he had murdered his his wife's then aunt. And so now here he was in his li- in his life, having courted and wooed this woman. She was crazy in love with him, and he kept moving objects in the house and turning on and off the gaslight. It was set in old England. And then she would say, gee, did you see the light flicker? And he would say, no, they didn't flicker. You must be imagining that. (laughs) Or he would move a painting and he would say, now, do you know where that painting is? Did you move it? Are you doing something with the things in our house? Did you forget that? Or you must be tired. And then... Um, in this very in this early in the movie scene, which stuck with me for so many years, that's why I called my book "The Gaslight Effect." Uh, he tells her that she's tired and not feeling well and has a problem with her memory. Mm. And initially, she says, "Don't be silly. I don't have a problem with my memory." Then he gives her a gift that he later steals from her handbag and asks her to look for it. And then when she doesn't find the gift, the audience knows that he had stolen it. She says, oh my goodness, maybe you're right. Maybe I am having a problem with my memory. Mm. Maybe I am forgetful. And that's how gaslighting works. It doesn't happen all in one dose, if you will. It happens over time, where initially you think, what is he talking about? That's so silly. And then after it continues, the gaslighting Uh, the gaslighter persists in his or her perception, you begin to defend yourself. I'm really not like that. I really do have a good memory. Or in another example, I'm really not flirting with those people. I'm just being friendly. Um, And then over time, again, as it continues, and you feel beaten down by the back-and-forth conversations and power struggle over reality, you begin to take the gaslighters view of it and say, you know what, maybe I am flirting and I actually didn't realize it. Now I see myself in a different way Mm. and I don't even know anymore why I was initially denying that. So accepting the terms from the gaslighter. I mean, I have to say the parallels to what we're watching today in the political scene, that was not an insurrection (laughs) <laughs> that we saw with our own eyes on January 6th. No one said it was, which everyone did say. I mean, I, I think we are suffering from gaslighting on a huge level right now. And and what would be the purpose of such a thing? What is this relationship to the abuse that basically, I mean, you're basically describing domestic um, violence, really, or emotional uh, terrorism from what what yes. from the movie point of view and I think that um, many times women find themselves in relationships to men who especially when you hit the flirting thing they find that uh, they begin to take the view of the gaslighter and I find that that is the most frightening thing you said right now it's really terrifying actually and not only is it terrifying um, because it is soul destroying for the person, but it's also terrifying because it's true, you know. And I don't know if you saw the series um, Bad Vegan. No, did I you see that? I series? did not. No, well, no. It, I actually, I really recommend it if you want to watch someone 
devolve through a gaslighting relationship, this wonderful woman, or this woman who was living this wonderful life, attractive, smart, competent, educated, uh, opened a vegetarian, the premier vegetarian restaurant in New York City, and got involved with a guy who, through wanting to control her life, not only took took it over, uh, took over her financial life, but also her psychological life and led her to believe things that were completely not true to the point where she and her her own ego and her own sense of reality were completely destroyed. And she lived in this crazy reality with him for a number of years, letting go of all of her friends, letting go of her restaurant, ultimately, her success, her reputation. Um, and the reason I'm telling the story was that at the end of the series, even after she's been in prison, even after her um, her partner in crime were, was in prison, even after she lost everything that was important to her, you see her having a phone call with this guy <laughs> and um, flirting with him, <laughs> flirting with him again. And to me, that was the most frightening part of the of the the movie or the series because once in it. It is so hard to get out of it. And I don't know if this woman whose name is Sarma, I don't know if Sarma will ever go back. I hope not to uh, to that gaslighter um, and abuser. Uh, however, the fact that there was even that openness, that she continued the conversation rather than ran in the other direction, is a testament of how strong uh, the pull is to be in that what I call the gaslighting tango mm. and that dance with someone. I, I, and you know, you have one to, thing I think is. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joy. No, no. I I, I know that you have some. I mean, you have identified, um, I believe, uh, ways that to tell if one is being gaslighted and um, and the the technique. And do you see this as a technique and tool for cult cult recruitment? It can be, yes. I mean, sometimes cult recruitment is straight out um, uh, intimidation and or straight out seduction. Sometimes it is gaslighting. Uh, there was a movie some time ago where maybe it was, it was about a young girl who was seduced into, um, psychologically seduced into joining a cult, and they did use gaslighting, the cult uh, lead of the cult did use gaslighting to get her involved by trying to um, convince her that, uh, well, I don't even remember the specifics, but it was something like she had to do something against her own values and then promise him that she would not tell anyone in order for her to win his trust. Mm -hmm. So there was a whole manipulation of um, an undermining of who of her values and of, of who she thought she was in order to get her into the cult. And I can't remember the name of that film, but it can definitely be. And some of the warning signs that you might be gaslighted is if you are constantly second-guessing yourself. Hmm. If you're asking yourself, gee, am I too sensitive or too paranoid or too something a dozen times a day? If you often feel confused and even crazy in the relationship. So you know 
there's something wrong. And you're, you come out of a conversation like the one I just described, but wait a minute, why do you, why do I need to do this to prove to you that you can trust me when I don't even know if I can trust you? And you walk away from a conversation like that, you think, who, what is reality? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. The hallmark of stage two gaslighting is when you are constantly running that conversation over again in your mind. Well, he said this, and I said that, and maybe he's right, and I don't know, and do I really believe that? Is it possible that somebody else would feel that way? And it's very confusing, and you can end up feeling a little bit crazy. Hmm. Another sign is that you're always apologizing. Uh. Everything in your life can feel great, but you're not happy, and you can't quite put your finger on it. Another thing that is very common is you make excuses for your partner's behavior to your friends, and to yourself. Mm -hmm. Again, you know something's wrong, but you just don't know what it is. And I tell people very often, if you know something is wrong and you feel like there's something wrong, there is something wrong, even if you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. You start lying to avoid being put down and to avoid having your reality twisted. Mm -hmm. You have trouble making simple decisions. And importantly, another sign is that you don't recognize yourself. Suddenly, you're not the same person you were. You're not seeing your friends. You're not calling your your mom. You're not keeping in touch with colleagues. You're not staying late at the office. You need to run home. I had a case where um, a woman called me and asked me if I thought she was abusing her boyfriend because he didn't like it when she was late. Wow. And she sometimes couldn't get, she couldn't help getting home a little bit late. And he would say, you're abusing me. And she would say, no, I'm not abusing you. I'm just, I, you know, the subway was late or I got stuck at the office. But you know that's not good for me. I don't like it. I don't like to be kept waiting. And she ended up in my office months later saying, maybe he's right. Well, we- <laughs> if I really loved him. <clears throat> we- Sorry, excuse me. One moment, Dr. Stern. We are talking with Dr. Robin Stern, and we are talking about gaslighting. And we're going to continue in a few moments. Hello, I'm Scott Palermo. And I'm James Sanak. We'd like to take a moment to share with you our unique and successful approach to working with Coachella Valley home buyers, sellers, and real estate investors. Our goal is to build a people-first brokerage, and a significant part of that is making certain that our customers can always count on working with quality, like-minded agents. At Harcourt's Desert Homes, James, myself, and our extraordinary team of dedicated real estate professionals are privileged to work with the best clients through our commitment to personal service and attention to a client's every detail. That commitment is how we have achieved the honor of being ranked at the top 1% of realtors in the desert cities. We have been named to the best of the best realtors in the Coachella Valley by Palm Springs Life magazine. Scott mentioned the word unique a moment ago, but it's not just a marketing buzzword for Harcourt's Desert Homes. In fact, it's our superpower for helping clients worldwide. Harcourt's International is one of the half dozen most successful real estate companies around the globe with more than $34 billion in annual revenue. And 
it's the unique selling proposition that led us to affiliate our brokerage with Harcourts here in the Coachella Valley. That's right, James. Harcourts Auctions. This platform separates our brand from the rest of the pack. Think of this as a marketing tool similar to Christie's Art Auction in New York City. Just as with other luxury items and fine art, Harcourts Auction sells luxury real estate to high net worth consumers. For more than six years, our brokerage has won more than 100 sales production awards. We'd love to put that achievement to work for you. We specialize in properties in Palm Springs, Rancho Mirage, Palm Desert, Indian Wells, and La Quinta. If we can help you, please reach out to us at 760-864-4100. Again, that's 760-864-4100. Or visit Harcourts Desert Homes online at harcourtsdeserthomes.com. That's H-A-R-C-O-U-R-T-S deserthomes.com Harcourts Desert Homes We're located at 119 North Indian Canyon Drive in downtown Palm Springs. Remember In real estate, knowledge is power. Dr. Robin Stern Gaslighting. This is a very fascinating uh, idea and discussion and um, it's very interesting to hear that you've done so much work on this. I think it's a most critical moment in time for you to get more visibility about your work because we are definitely, as a society, undergoing very uh, parallel uh, experience to this general gaslighting thing that what you're describing right now is kind of the one-to-one situation, but I think we are seeing that happening to us on a grander scale. Uh, Tell us more about how we spot gaslighting when it's happening and what can we do to move out of that place? How do we stand up for ourselves? And and are there people who are more um, subject to the uh, to being gaslit? So you're asking a lot of really wonderful questions, and I hope I can get to them all. I do want to say something that you didn't ask me, but I think is really important for the audience to, to hear. And I hope that it's okay if I answer my own questions before I get into yours. But people are not born gaslighters. Mm-hmm. It's social learning. Very interesting. And there is not a, it's not a per- particular personality type, any personality can become a gaslighter. There, anyone who has a particular personality type can become a gaslighter. People often say to me, well, you know, are narcissists all gaslighters? No, they're not. Hmm. They're not. And um, you can be an introvert or an extrovert, and you can still use gaslighting as a technique to, as you said, to be, be, you asked me before, why do people gaslight? Mm-hmm. They gaslight to control the moment. They gaslight to um, help themselves feel more stable. They gaslight, and these are things that do pertain to the question you just asked me that you can notice, to avoid responsibility. Mm -hmm. People gaslight um, because they want to deflect attention away from the question that maybe just was asked to them, like, where were you last night? I tried to reach you, honey. Um, or I tried to reach you and you keep asking me to, to give, uh, to give you another chance. And then the person says, I'm sorry. Are you a little paranoid today? (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. So 
Um, here you're in, obviously in the middle of something with someone. You're saying, I tried to reach you. I'm looking to repair something or I'm looking to have that conversation. And uh, suddenly you're talking about whether or not I'm paranoid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So deflecting the attention of the conversation. Um, straight out lying. I didn't do that. That never happened. I never said that. Don't you remember when you told me that we could? I never said that. Are you having something going on with you? Maybe you're like um, menopausal. Hmm. Um, is a very frequent one that I hear. Not for, not only um, not only uh, in couples work, but also um, in the workplace. Sadly, mm-hmm. and even if it's not said outright, um, a number of women have said that has been asked of them and then they had go back and question themselves you know maybe he's right so in if that happens to you once somebody says something like that and you think that's silly even if you or even if you don't think it's silly and you turn the attention back on yourself and you think maybe i am too sensitive right now because i'm going through something that doesn't constitute a gaslighting relationship but it is a moment to pay attention to because if then it becomes the way you relate, mm-hmm. where when you ask a question, your partner or your colleague turns it on you, turns the conversation to be about you and your character or your, the way you perceive the world or your sensitivity, um, then you're in a gaslighting relationship. When you're... When- and- when people come to you, uh, first of all, as a as a uh, as an analyst, do they come to you for this particular issue? And is it more women than it is than there are men that are that come to you with these kinds of uh, challenges? So yes, people come to me after reading my book or after reading the article that I wrote that was very popular in Vox Media um, and a number of other things that I've written and been interviewed for. But um, people came to me before I wrote the book, which is one of the reasons I wrote the book, that I was hearing people who were, and more women than men, but definitely men as well, um, who were successful in er areas of their life they felt completely confident about. And yet in this one intimate relationship where somebody had the power over them Mm -hmm. in a different way to cause them to second guess themselves when there was a disagreement, they were coming in and saying, I, I don't know, like in the example I gave you before, am I being, am I wrong to be late? Am I abusing my spouse or my boyfriend? Am I being unreasonable because I don't want my, um, my partner to go out with other women, even if I'm not available to go out? That was a, a, a true case. Um, where somebody said to his girlfriend, well, you know, if you had more flexibility in your life, I wouldn't have to take out other people. <laughs> and she would say, yeah, but didn't we agree that that I, we were exclusive? Oh, yes, we did, but you're not available, and I'm a man. I like to have a woman on my arm when I go out. <laughs> and um, And she came to me saying, you know, it actually is my fault. Even though I feel terrible about it, how can I possibly complain? Because if, in fact, I was with him every night, then he wouldn't be going out with other people. That's true, isn't it, Dr. Stern? Mm. Mm-hmm. 
I would imagine that someone who came to for you for help is already moving towards um, some kind of recovery because uh, people in the particular situation who are cut off from any help or friends or family would probably not be able to extricate themselves so uh, out of the situation. I mean, what is the what are some of the first steps that uh, you encourage people to uh, in their recovery? How do you encourage them? Well- so you're right that, um, and it's very insightful to, to understand that when somebody seeks help, it is the first step on a pathway mm-hmm. to healing. But often people are coming to me because they feel like there's something wrong with them that they don't understand, mm-hmm. and they want help fixing themselves so they can have a better relationship, not understanding that it's not their problem, you know, but, you know, when women are, endure physical abuse or when men endure physical abuse, when people are black and blue or when you can say, you know, he cursed at me or she cursed at me, it's very easy to point your finger at the person who did that. Mm-hmm. But when there's this kind of ephemeral, I don't know who's right and we're talking about reality and that's not really true and maybe it is true and maybe I, I'm not like other women or I'm not like other men, maybe I'm too sensitive, then people blame themselves. So they come in thinking there's something wrong with themselves, mm-hmm. often not thinking, I need to get out of this relationship. Right, right. And but people do go to therapy when they're in pain. So as difficult a moment as it is, that pain is a signal that there's something wrong. And even if they're telling me what's wrong is themselves, I can help them to understand that maybe that's not the case. Maybe they're looking in, in the wrong place mm-hmm. for, um, for the problem in the relationship. Certainly there is something wrong when you are um, constantly taking the blame. Mm -hmm. But what's wrong is that somebody's trying to manipulate you. Do you find that there are particular characteristics of uh, for people who are more, uh, you know, open to being gaslit? I mean, are there characteristics uh, for that particular that particular persona? Yes, there are. There, when you are, when you tend to have an agreeable personality, mm-hmm. um, or when you are very empathic and you are, um, uh, you have a tendency to see things from someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you are more easily than able to ta- to stand in his shoes and say, "Well, maybe I am being unreasonable." Mm-hmm. I can imagine from his side you know, that that's the way he sees it. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's not trying to have power over me or drive me crazy. Maybe it's just that's genuinely how they how he sees it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and I think that the other thing that leaves people vulnerable is when you're, well, you're sensitive to what you're living. I mean, we are living in a gaslight culture. Yes. As you said earlier, we're living in a culture where, I mean, should you put on a mask? Should you not? Is it like, um, was it for a long time? Was COVID really serious? Are people going to get it? Is it contagious? Is, uh, living with the question of, 
can you trust the news that you thought you could trust, just allows that questioning of reality Mm -hmm. that sets you up for being in relationships where people can take advantage of your not being so sure anymore. Mm-hmm. what reality is. Well, I think, um, and we're coming to the close of our discussion, and I really want to appreciate your participating today, but I do want to, um, yeah, you moved into that sort of uh, news and political realm just now, and um, what's happening with the Gaslight, or Gaslit, I think, the film um, on stars, uh, talking about the Martha Mitchell experience, um, really has brought this whole concept even to a broader stage right now, even when we're looking back at history. Here is a woman who experienced the truth. She told the truth, and uh, they tried to show that she was a, uh, an addict and an alcoholic and not to be trusted. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think this is bringing this all to the forefront right now. So I expect you're going to get a lot of... Um, well, I'm sure you have a lot of patients already, but I'm pretty sure you're going to see a lot more more people seeking your services, Dr. Stern. And I want to thank you for speaking to us today um, and for joining us here on Outspoken. I'm Joy Silver, reminding you that you can always access our podcast from Radio111.com or from all major podcast portals. If you'd like to email me, you may do so by writing to joy at Radio111.com. And when you need help selling or purchasing a home in the greater Palm Springs area, please contact our presenting sponsor, Harcourt's Desert Homes. Their website is just a click away from our show notes today, and their generous support makes it possible to bring you Outspoken.